Good morning, Northumberland County. This is Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Real Estate Talk Show. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm on the streets and in your neighborhoods as an active real estate broker with Royal LePage, Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage, and Reality Realty is your local real estate forum where we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. If there's a move in your future, call a realtor from your local Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And before you start talking to them, thank them for sponsoring Reality Realty. Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage is the sponsor of our show and they help to make this show possible. Joining us in just a few minutes will be Bethany Sluggett. Bethany is owner and president of Unique Kitchens and Bath, and we'll be talking all about kitchen renovations later in the show today. We'll also be answering questions. Well, no, we won't be answering any questions, but we will be taking a look at your thoughts on the uh, survey we had last week. We'll take a look at snapshot of our local real estate market, and so let's get right down to business and take a look at snapshot of today's residential real estate market here in Northumberland County. Over the past month, we have had 181 residential listings sell, leaving us with an inventory of 361 residential homes. Over the past 12 months, if we take a look at the price, the listing price of successfully sold homes in our county, they were asking approximately, on average, $321,000. And those successful sales sold for, on average, approximately $312,000. So people were receiving 97% of their asking price in a market time of 63 days. So if you think about it, when we started this show way back in September, October 2014, uh, about the about the average sale price of homes, it has just climbed so dramatically until now. 2015, 2016 so far has really bumped up the average prices of homes in our community. We're we're presently sitting at a 50% absorption rate. And that is an indication of a very strong seller's market. Considering anything below 15% would be considered traditionally a buyer's market. From 15 to 20% absorption rate would be considered a balanced market. And above 20 would be considered a seller's market. We are at 50%. We've blown by that 20% long, long ago. I research these Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from List Central. That's the realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you'll want this information to be area specific, specific to the property type you're looking at and the price band it's in. So call your local realtor to understand the Northumberland market the best and get the information that's most relevant to you. Today's mortgage rates. We still are we still are 
left with a 2.49% for a five-year fix. That's the best rate right now. And the five-year variable is as low as 2.2%. So that rates haven't changed. Those rates haven't changed since last week. And today's mortgage rates come to us from the mortgage broker, Carol Ann Bryant. And Carol Ann is with the Broker Financial Group. And that, folks, is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market here in Northumberland County. Last week's survey. This is your thoughts, folks. It's a review of your answers and comments from our survey last week. And the question we posed to you was, on your next real estate transaction, would you use a local realtor or an out-of-town realtor? Well, we had a number of uh, respondents to last week's survey, and absolutely no one uh, that responded to our survey uh, said they'd be using an out-of-town realtor. So we had a follow-up question. We just said why. So if whatever your pick was, we, we asked why. Uh, we, had, we had someone simply say familiarity. So just that the local realtor would be more familiar with our local community. Uh, we had another comment here that says they know the area and what houses usually sell for. And, and living here and working here and having your brokerage here in the community and that goes for any community that that goes for toronto that goes for durham uh even for myself even though i am a member of the toronto real estate board would i do any justice to a seller if i was working for them in toronto and and i would have to say no i I would have to say I do not know the area. For, it, for that matter, many Toronto realtors don't even do all of Toronto. They do sections of Toronto where they specialize because Toronto is so much to know and know well. Another comment was, okay, so I'm just reading this, folks. Uh, this isn't what I'm writing. Uh, out-of-town realtors are out of touch with Northumberland County properties, practices, and are just all around significantly more difficult to deal with. Often little accountability as they will likely never be out here again. And so that's uh, from one of our respondents. We had another comment, local realtors know the community, they know the neighborhoods and the local values of homes. And then one last one I'll read here. Uh, somebody said, there's no advantage in using an out of town realtor but many advantages when using a local one. So folks, those were your thoughts. Those were the thoughts of those who chose to participate in last week's survey. And the new survey is out. So if you would like to be heard, if you're getting frustrated with hearing what other people are saying and your thoughts aren't being conveyed, this is your time to speak out. So the question this week on our survey is how much effort did you make in shopping for the best mortgage versus the effort you made in shopping for the best home? Did you make the same effort in shopping for your mortgage? Was it less effort or was it even more? And so find me, Dale Bryant, on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. And there will be a link there on my social media sites to this week's survey. And let us know if you made just as much effort in finding the right mortgage 
as you did in finding the right home. This is just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed by me, by co-hosts, guests of the show, or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, or of any real estate brokerage, or of any other realtor. They're simply our views and our opinions at this time. So I'd like to welcome our guest today. We have live in the studio for the first time, Bethany Sloggett, and Bethany is the owner and president of Unique Kitchens. Unique being Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E, Unique Kitchens and Bath, and they're located just north of Coburg on County Road 45 in Baltimore. Bethany, welcome to Reality Realty. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. It's good It's good to have you. It's a great topic. Uh, you, Your company focuses on focuses on kitchens and baths and when i take people around buyers are focusing on kitchens and baths they sure are yeah we we love them we love them and and it offers one of the best return on investments as far as um, putting money into your house goes so bethany can you tell me uh, tell us a little bit about um about unique kitchens and baths what what are you guys doing there? Sure. This actually kind of starts off with a little bit of a story. So um, my husband, Andrew, and I um, were living in the city, working in the city. And uh, at that time, as a part of some driving some extra uh, money into our home, we were really focusing on flipping houses. Mm-hmm. And um, in that process, we met a gentleman by the name of Tom Clark, who owned Clark Kitch- Kitchen Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom actually worked with us on renovating a house to prepare, prepare it for sale, focusing specifically on our kitchen cabinetry. And during that time, um, I think Andrew and I really got the itch. Number one, yeah. we wanted to move out to Northumberland. Um, Andrew was raised in Workworth, and we really wanted to bring our family out this way. Country um, boy wants to come home. That's exactly yeah. it. The, the challenge that we had is that uh, my former career really was based out of mega city centers. So for me to be able to stay employed and in the market, mm-hmm. we started to focus on where some opportunities might be for us to do something that we absolutely loved, but at the same time can generate somewhat of an income for our family. And we made the leap. We um, offered Tom Clark to acquire his business. And what we really wanted to do was put a brand on it, um, really, really get penetrated inside of the Northumberland market and offer our clients a different experience than what they might get um, from some of the bigger box stores, if you will. Mm-hmm. Unique focuses uh, explicitly on design, custom cabinetry, and end-to-end renovations. And we partner with our clients all the way through every step of that process. We take design very seriously. Um, it's probably the core of what we do. And it's definitely the number one attraction, I think, to working with Unique is the time that we really spend designing custom kitchens that, A, um, have the visual appeal that clients are looking for, but also really function the way that families function. So sometimes you can have a stunning kitchen that, quite frankly, doesn't really work, Mm -hmm. and we really balance those two things well. 
Yeah, looks good in the pictures, but it's maybe not so practical to uh, work in. Now, uh, you didn't do you didn't do bad by purchasing uh, Clark Kitchen Center because they had an excellent reputation in our area. Yeah, Tom definitely did. Yeah, and so now you say branding it. So that's what. What do you mean when you say branding it? Um, in terms of brand, it's very much about what comes first. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that Tom did an excellent job of partnering with his clients and delivering a fantastic product. Mm -hmm. Um, We really wanted to create the brand to be more about our clients, the buyers, which is where um, Unique comes from. We're not designing kitchens for us. We're designing kitchens that work in our clients' homes. Um, The average time that we spend designing a client's kitchen with them is somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 60 hours. We invest a lot of time. And we do all of that at no charge. Okay, so so I, uh, one of one of the things I wanted to ask you, Bethany, is about what could possibly make you different than another kitchen and bath renovation center. And and would would this be it right now that you're talking about? Is is the in, is the upfront designing portion? I think it's the level of um, probably, for lack of a better term, intimacy that we have with our clients up front. It's the time that we spend deeply engaged with them in planning their rooms. And kitchens is only one part of what we do. We do bathrooms as well. Um, We get to know their dogs. We get to know their children (laughs) during the process. And we take all of this into consideration as we're thinking through the layout. Um, What a woman might want to see in her kitchen, what a man needs in terms of where the Mm -hmm. barbecue utensils going. And I would say, yes, this is probably our number one key differentiation is our engagement model. And do you, do you have a showroom at we, Unique? We absolutely do. Yeah. Um, we, um, once we acquired the business, one of the first things we did was actually renovate our own showroom to truly demonstrate um, what our capabilities are. So if I walk in that showroom, what will I see? You're going to see um, a full kitchen set up with um, some beautiful Cambria products as well as some gorgeous granites that we've pulled in. Um, you're going to see some custom hutches. But mostly what you're going to do is you're going to meet our team. And we can start sitting down and talking about your home right away. Okay. And in this entire design process where you you start to, you said something, 40, 60 hours? 40 to 60 hours is essentially what okay. we invest in the beginning stages. So I'm, I'm guessing some of that time might be spent at your showroom to see finishes and samples, but I'm also thinking a whole lot of time is spent at the home? Absolutely. We actually prefer to meet clients in their home first. We do a number of in-home appointments. We go in, we discuss um, what the clients are looking for. We take an incredibly detailed measure of every single aspect of the rooms that we're designing. We get a feel for other rooms in the home, how they're being maximized, how they're laid out, what the color palettes look like. And from there, we actually then go back to, I'm going to call it our showroom as an individual. And we have an excellent 2020 designer who then starts to really work on designing that kitchen and preparing uh, real-life renderings right. of the kitchens for our clients. Okay. And, and, and I mean, I've seen, is this a computer-generated rendering then? Would people sit down and see it on the computer? They can see everything from the quartz 
color choices to their wall color choices to the backsplash that we're recommending. The renderings are very lifelike. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually have an active Facebook page, Unique Kitchens and Bath, and we've actually had people write to us and say that kitchen is so gorgeous. And it was like, oh, that's not the kitchen; that's, that's actually a rendering. So yeah, so the renderings are done so well; they look life lifelike. They're conceptual, lifelike drawings. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then. Uh, somebody's somebody's in looking at this rendering and they're wondering, wow, you know, maybe I like the layout. I, I like the style of cabinets. I wonder what this would be like in just a slightly different tone. Exactly. And is that easy enough to do then? Absolutely. So you can just start clicking away as as people are watching? Sometimes when we're in the showroom, we do get into an active um, design session mm-hmm. where we're doing things on the fly, I would say. Um, other times, those conversations can be so broad. Uh, sometimes we're changing color. Sometimes we're moving cabinetry. We're adding in custom hutches. We're adding in drawers. And in that case, sometimes there's five or six hours of design work that still needs to be reinvested, which we're not going to ask our clients to stay in the showroom for that amount right. of time. Yeah. So what we usually do is we, we rebook them back. Mm-hmm. Typically, we do three design cycles per client. So the first time we've gone into their home, we've listened to everything that they have to say. We go through a validation process in terms of, I think I heard you say, this is what you want to do with Mm -hmm. your room. Then we come back and we design it. We invite the clients back into our showroom. And that's where we go through the initial design. But typically, that's actually going to drive some more changes. And the reason being is um, sometimes we take a balance of what our clients are telling us they want and or need and also add in some of our personal touches to it. Right. And they see something that they never envisioned that they've fallen in love with now. But it still needs some minor tweaks. So we always take the time. Essentially, we can meet with someone five or six times before it's a sign-off. But we're happy to do it. Yeah, and and so as uh, before you even said that, I was thinking, I wonder if there's ever an instance where somebody gave you directive, they thought they knew exactly what they wanted because, you know, they've been living in homes all their lives. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if there's ever an instance where what they ended up wanting in the end was exactly what they wanted at the beginning. You know, it's such a good question. Um, I don't want to say that it never happens. It absolutely does. One of the things that I speak to clients a lot about is you've been living in this home for 20 years, let's say. Mm -hmm. And for the last 10 of that, you've been saying, I wish this was here in my kitchen and I wish this did this. But you've been in this room and you've been repeating the same things over and over again. However, lots changed in our business. Innovation has driven all kinds of great things that you can put inside cabinetry Mm -hmm. that you may not know about. So often what we end up doing is we design two. We design exactly what they've asked for. And then we also take the time to design something that we think would just work explicitly. Sometimes we end up marrying those two. Right. But to be honest, Dave, more often than not, they end up going with our vision kitchen. Yeah, I I can imagine. And and I know from taking people around to... Uh, to homes, mm-hmm. you know, we we have the initial talk. What what are you looking for in a home? And 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 they know they typically know what what they're what they want in a home. And then we happen to see a home that had a lot of what they wanted, but maybe there was something else that wasn't even on their radar. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, that is a must-have mm-hmm. because they didn't even consider it. And they say, "Wow, didn't know how good this feature would be in a home, Dale." add that to the must list. So, yeah, I, I get I get to see a different evolution yeah. of uh, 
of you know what people choose for their home but same same the same perspective you know that uh as we learn uh we we can change our minds on that well bethany we're already we're already at first break so folks you've been listening to reality realty northumberland 89.7 fm's local real estate talk Join us after this break. We'll continue to talk with Bethany Sloggett, owner and president of Unique Kitchens and Bath. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. My guest today is Bethany Sloggett, and Bethany is from Unique Kitchens and Bath. And before the break... We were talking to Bethany. We talked a little bit about unique kitchen and baths. Uh, we talked about how they acquired the business from Clark Kitchen Center and how they're just doing some things to make it their own. And, and we talked a lot, Bethany, about the, the, the design process, the upfront process. Can we, can we keep going on, on that sort of avenue where you know, people are wondering maybe what are the different components? Where do you start with a kitchen rental? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I honestly think that it's all in the planning. Mm-hmm. And um, designing and layout is really critical. Because if we start plumbing or we start electrical or we start taking out walls, for example, prior to planning, where we end up in design may not take into consideration all the infrastructure that you've, that you've already invested in. And in those cases, we work really hard to make it work. But sometimes, and quite often, our clients will say, in hindsight, we wish we'd started We wish we'd started on design. We wish we'd started on planning. Planning is critical. Um, things like really thinking about what your must-haves are in, in a kitchen. So, you know, a great example might be, I must have a, a gas stove. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be... 36 inches because I have a family of five and cooking on a 30-inch stove is difficult. Whatever that is, we talk, we want to get out the must-haves. We want to focus on those. We also want to take in your room and your space and how many children you have. Do you have Great Danes that like put their heads up on the counter while you're trying to do things? Like these are all things that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, with young families, we, you know, we talk to them about your kids are smaller now, but they're going to be bigger and they're going to want to engage with you in the kitchen, mom, when you're home getting dinner ready or dad. They're going to want to ask questions about their homework. How are they going to sit up with you and enjoy that time with you? while you're cooking if that's something that's important to you so we like to think about where our families are today or our clients are today and where they might be in two or three years from now Um, this past week we just designed a kitchen for um, a retired couple who have young grandchildren and they're designing their kitchen now based on how they want to engage with their grandkids well, when they're in really the kitchen neat. with them. That's really neat. The yeah. boys come over, they all want to roll pizza dough all the time, and her current kitchen just doesn't support it. So they're rolling out pizza dough, let's say, like on the floor or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And a big part of, of why they wanted to do this was so that they could engage more with their with their grandkids, these little people who are going to be growing up. They have them two or three times a week, and that's what drove it. So people have very different reasons for entering into a kitchen renovation. It could be I simply don't like what I have. It's not functioning well for me. We're adding to our family. Our family's getting smaller. Whatever the case may be, we want to start in that design and planning process. Planning is critical. And I would think after living in a, in a home for a while, 
and the kitchen being what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, our imaginations, uh, e- each individual's imagination is better or worse than, you know, to d- different degrees. But I would think it's difficult for someone living in a home, unless they're into this industry, to actually be able to think outside the box of what the kitchen already is, mm-hmm. of the layout. And, uh, and so I... Do you find yourself surprising people at, uh, you know, you talked about doing a design like they said and and maybe something like you say, uh, do you find that there's a surprise element of people saying never would have dreamt of doing that? Absolutely. Well, I think you just referenced it really well when you were discussing, you know, homeowners' eyes opening up when they see something that kind of adds to their Mm -hmm. must-have list. I think the biggest difference between um, our industries in terms of owners opening up their eyes is that... You have a tangible product. You're taking someone in to see a home. It's tangible. They can touch it. They can feel it. I'm, we're somewhat intangible. In the very beginning, we're talking about a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we're only speaking of concepts, it takes a lot of time to help people visualize and see what they're going to get, which is why we find it very important to be focusing on lifelike renderings. We've invested um, a lot of time, money, and training in order to be able to deliver that sort of a product to our clients prior to them buying their kitchen or placing an order with us or deciding to move forward with us because it's that that people often need. It's Mm -hmm. hard for someone to understand what they're getting if we can't really lay it out for them. Right. You know, Bethany, I'm thinking of something here and this is, I guess this is a personal question for myself. Mm -hmm. I work... I work at a kitchen counter, and if my wife was here, she'd likely say not often. <laughs> but I maybe maybe I'm helping do the dishes, and I'm six foot two, mm-hmm. and my lower back mm-hmm. after a while will just start ache mm-hmm. because I I just have that ever so slight lean down to a standard countertop mm-hmm. height. At the same time. You know, my wife isn't really a basketball player. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, what do you do for people who are a little taller and people who are maybe five feet tall or shorter? And then just to confuse this question a bit more, what do you do with a couple like us where you have one really tall person and one not as tall person? Mm-hmm. That is an excellent question. And it actually leads back to your market. Mm-hmm. Um If a client is going to be in their home for 30 years, this is where we want to be. We're not thinking about resale value. 100%. We can work on it and customize it so that, you know, perhaps the man's going to do the dishes and we raise up that cabinetry to be able to support his height a little bit better. Um, The one thing that we have to remember is not everyone is six foot two. So if you're planning on selling the home in the next three to five years, for me, who kind of does a lot of the kitchen stuff, um, as a buyer, I wouldn't buy that home. Right. I'm only five feet tall, and we actually, in our current home, we're about to work on our kitchen in the coming months, but we have a countertop that's sitting at 42 inches, so it's sitting at bar height, and I cannot use that space at all. It's actually quite dangerous for me to be chopping mm-hmm. on top of it. I've got to get my elbows up right. too high. Um And uh, one of my boys is still under five feet. He's 13 years old, and he really can't use that space. So 
it really depends on what our clients' intentions are. And we always balance off where you are today versus where you're going to be in three to five years. And if you're not intending to keep this home in the family for, you know, quite a long time where inflation can catch up, we don't want to over-customize this kitchen so that you don't end up being able to get the return on investment for it. Yeah, that's that's great to hear because uh, so many times we go into a home and and people have really personalized that home and and yes, that's been great for them, but not so great for getting a return on investment. But really and truly, I, it likely doesn't take much dimensional difference nope. to give relief to someone mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other, mm-hmm. does it? No, it's really a height. It's really a height thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some forethought and a little bit of extra money, for, mm-hmm. <laughs> because everything takes a little bit of money, um, you know, we could probably do something where we lift up a piece of, of um the counter, let's say, underneath mm-hmm. the cabinets, and in with the intention that when we go to sell this home, we can lower it. And we can yeah. change that with things like furniture moldings and toe kicks to be able to hide that buildup if we needed to. So, Bethany, you, you talked about <clears throat> pardon me, something really interesting, and that is you like to go into the home, mm-hmm. and it's not just a matter of being in the kitchen, even though maybe that's all you're working on. You talked earlier about we like to go through the rest of the home and see what that's like. And and right away I thought, oh, wow, that's continuity through a home is so important. Uh, can you speak to that a bit more? Sure. You know, I can. I'm actually, if it's okay, I'd love to tell a story. Yeah, tell so, a story. Um, I met a client last week in, in their home uh, South Grafton, so just off the lakeshore. Gorgeous home. Huge beautiful, beautiful bungalow. Interestingly enough, the adjacent rooms that they have, we were trying to decide what wall we should take down. And they were thinking about a wall off one side and incorporating that into the dining room and keeping another wall closed. But she had this concern where it's like, our dining room space is really small. I still can't fit my whole family here at Christmas. And I think that because of where they live, they do a lot of the entertaining. It's a destination for the rest of her Mm -hmm. siblings to come and visit her. So I said, you know, would you mind if we take a walk around the house? My husband and I were together, and we did that. And we made a suggestion. We said, you know, you have this massive living room with a double-sided fireplace off a different section of the kitchen. What if we actually remove that wall and open that up to the dining room and change your living room space into this room with the Mm double-sided? And it was like a light went off. All of a sudden, she envisioned where her office space could be and how her dining room would flow. And again, it comes back to um, often people just can't see outside of the box. They bought a home. That's the room that has the chandelier in it. So clearly, that's the dining room, right? So our role is really to to help clients see things a little bit differently so that they can get the best of what they're asking for. And I find it to be a little bit too singularly visioned to only focus on one room at a time. Um, Not to say that we ever go outside of that and we start designing all kinds of rooms. We do do that. But I don't think it's fair to only go into a client's home and only look at the kitchen when especially they're asking other questions. So right now we're into our second or third design cycle with this specific client. They come in on Friday, and I don't even know if they can wait till Friday. They're so (laughs) excited. They've seen a few. um, They've actually seen a few of the conceptional drawings, and we've already passed it back and forth this week. And she's giddy. Mm -hmm. And 
that's probably the moment where we know we've done our job really well is when a client comes in and they just hug us because they're Mm -hmm. so excited. And that's really the relationship that we end up building with the majority of our clients. And that's probably the most satisfying part of our job is is seeing people just be so excited about something that is today intangible, is just a concept, and starting through the process of making it a reality. So, okay, so to get to that point where where somebody is so engaged with the design that's, that's being created in front of them, you need to learn a bit about that client's style. Let's oh, call yeah. it style. And and I'm thinking it's possible the client doesn't even know their style. Mm-hmm. How do you go about doing that? You know what? Um, our role as designers is hundreds of times easier than it was even 10 or 15 years ago. And I don't want to antiquate myself or make myself sound older than what I am because I'm really not that old. But um, Never know on radio. So, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> I'm 22. I'm kidding. Um, we, we have the luxury of all kinds of resources available to us now. So house.com, which is H-O-U-Z-Z, mm-hmm. um, is a huge partner of ours. Um, Pinterest. We actually can help clients establish their own style just by asking them to engage on those platforms. Mm. We use them on a daily basis. We create idea books. We share. We collaborate. And in doing that, even if a client can't articulate their style – a client can always find a picture to say, I love that. Yeah, that's it. And that's how we and that's how we work through that when somebody is a little bit like, I don't know, versus 15, 20 years ago, you might have had to go find that picture in a magazine. And let's face it, you could have hundreds of magazines. That's a lot of flipping through. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, yeah, it, it can be done so instantaneous now. I thought that just crossed my mind here, Bethany, is... I mean, kitchens. Kitchens can be so many different sizes. Uh, you you might have a very small space, and, and I'm sure there's ways that you can optimize that small space. What is a – do you have a rule of thumb for what is the average size kitchen? I once heard that you count the kitchen doors. Uh, if there's 25 doors, kitchen doors, cabinet doors would be considered average. Do you have a, anything like that that you – rule of thumb? You know, it's such a great question. And I think that one of the things that has probably changed the most in terms of kitchen cabinetry is the way you can make a six inch space function. Mm-hmm. So we can do a lot now with with six inches, spice racks, utility pullouts, uh, tray dividers. So in counting doors, it mm-hmm. can be a little bit deceptive, right? right? Because those door sizes now can be customized to any size you want and can carry inside of it whatever you could dream up could could possibly be behind it. So a two-foot garbage station, for example, has two big, huge garbage bins in it, as well as two small ones for compost. Well, that's not something that was available on the market six or seven years ago. So I would say the average um, size kitchen that we're working on is somewhere around 14 by 16, I would think, okay. in terms of the entire space, not just the cabinetry yeah. space. Um, but with that being said, our spectrum of small kitchens to large kitchens is so vast. And I tend to move away from setting budget based on the size of the kitchen. Um, I tend to not get too heavily invested in what that space size is and more invested in 
How do we get the most out of this space? How do we make this work for you? And that gets into what sorts of accessories are we putting in? How are we placing and where are we placing appliances so that we can really make no matter what the space work? Okay, you said you said a word that just just I went zoom right in on it. You said budget. Mm-hmm. So unique kitchens and bath. Should I have a lot of resources before <laughs> I give you a call or walk into your showroom? No. Like what kind of budgets are you working with? You know what? We work with all budgets. So um, understand that we don't just service consumers. We also partner with builders in the area. We're so proud of the builders that we work with. Um, honestly, it's less about how much money you plan on spending than it is about the transparency around that money. So um, I can, I'm going to tell another story. I had a client approach ahead, me. storyteller. I had a client <laughs> approach me about a month and a half ago. They're building a brand new home. And their intention was to spend about $20,000 on their kitchen. And uh, they came in and they saw our, our layout in the showroom. They fell in love with the materials. We have walnut and creams. And mm-hmm. they said, we want the walnut island. We want this. We want every single accessory you have in here. And I, I, I said, okay, well, we might be stretching the budget for you to have everything you're seeing here. But what we did again is we designed two kitchens. We designed one that met their budget and the other one that met their expectations. Okay. And at that time, we basically said, this is now your choice. You can, you, we can absolutely do your kitchen inside of your budget, but you may not be able to get all the things that you want. And we work with clients on that capacity all the time. And the simple fact is sometimes people don't genuinely understand how much the things cost that they're asking for. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't think it's up to me to say, you don't want to spend an extra $8,000 on this space. I think that it's the client's choice. And we focus as much as we possibly can on transparency so that they can genuinely see what the differences are between 20000 and 28000 And it's up to them to make their decision on how far they want to go above or beyond their budget or how far under they want to go on the budget. Right. We, we've had clients on the opposite walk in and give us a budget, and they really didn't need all that money. The space was small, and if they wanted to add more details and things like that, they could – but they weren't necessarily that more traditional type of person who want decorative corbels and molding. So we don't even sometimes maximize the client's budget. But having an idea of what you're willing to spend is a great place to start. It helps inform design and the entire process. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, now, it, with, with any with any rental job, there's typically unforeseen costs. You know, you start pulling something apart and you go, ooh, you know didn't think that would be there. What are what are some of the most common unforeseen costs when when doing a kitchen? You know, it's that's a great question and I really unfortunately feel like reality TV to some extent has done um, well, this, a little bit of a disservice. This is reality realty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um I I can honestly say that I've only had probably two budgets that or projects that have run um over budget uh, unexpectedly. And one of them was something as simple as it was a project we were doing in Ajax. And when the house was built, um, they didn't build out the subfloors to be able to meet the transoms. They basically just put a ton of mortar under the tile to lift everything up. Well, we can't see that. We, we physically couldn't see it. 
So when we took off the tile and realized how much mortar it was, we realized that that whole floor needed a brand new subfloor. And that was a $2,500 overage that nobody could have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, biggest, the biggest thing that I like to speak to clients about up front is we should always have a contingency fund. Sometimes we won't even use it, but we should have it. But we should have it there. Um, I will say plumbing is sometimes, especially in some of the older century farm homes that mm-hmm. we work in here, um, plumbing that isn't properly vented, um, electrical that we find in the walls that is still knob and tube. Right. Those are things that really can throw you off. But with a little bit more investigation, they can also be something that you understand. So on multiple occasions, I've asked clients, can I have my electricians in? Can we open up a couple of the walls downstairs and see what's behind the walls? Because they've made it clear that this is all the money they have to spend and they don't want to do this project if if it's knob and tube. So instead of making the assumption that it isn't and carrying on in good spirit, it will only cost us $40 to cut a hole in the drywall and repatch it. Let's spend that money now so that we can really figure out what we're working with. So I just like to spend more time in the front end being a little bit more transparent and due diligence. Right. Well, Bethany, we're going to take a break right now. And folks, when we come back, I am going to ask Bethany about top trends in kitchen design at this time. So folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland, 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we'll be talking more about kitchens. Welcome back. This is your Real Estate Forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my guest today is Bethany Sloggett from Unique Kitchens and Bath, and they're right here in Northumberland County. Bethany, before the break, we were, well, we were talking about a lot of things. We were talking about budgets most recently and in a kitchen renovation. I think, I think what's really interesting, what people always want to know is, what are the top trends right now, Bethany, in kitchens? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, we're seeing a lot of color. Color in where? In walls, oh, cabinets, on cabinetry. I mean, usually people used to take risks with paint color. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now with the technology that we have around paint on cabinets and knowing that it's very secure and that paint adheres great, and we're seeing cobalt blues and royal blues and deep grays and greens, it's it's crazy the color that people are using it's lovely and it's gorgeous and some of them really present well obviously if we're going to do a cape cod kitchen in navy blues and whites we want to make sure again that the rest of the home can support Mm -hmm. that um doesn't look right to have a completely traditional home and then walk into a cape cod kitchen but um another big trend is exotic woods so we're seeing a lot of rosewoods and um zebra woods We're also seeing a lot of um, man-made materials that are made to emulate more rustic materials that you couldn't actually use in your home. Like what? Driftwood. Driftwood. You could never use driftwood. How can you bring something like that into your home, right? And and put cooking things behind it. You you just couldn't. But the way that um, these manufacturers are able to now emulate these gorgeous colors and patterns and textures in things like driftwood is unbelievable. Neat. And what about uh, what about different hardwares? Do you oh, get into that too? We, we totally do. It's funny. Um, gold is back. Gold, gold is back. Gold and brassy colors are back, right? Black oh. with golds. And, and it's funny. You're probably walking people through houses and they see gold knobs and gold plates and they're going, ugh. Yeah. Don't. Leave it alone. It's back. It's going to be on trend for the next couple of years again. It's back. 
Um, it's funny. It's just like kind of the design clothing cycles, right? In the 70s, we were all wearing bell bottoms. They came back again in, I think, the mid-90s. These things are going to come back. Um, then the nice part about trends is I often say you can make some minor tweaks with the right foundation and still remain on trend. Okay. It, it, and you know what you just said about uh, the brass is back is on because uh, a little over a year ago, uh, my wife and I, we, we had a bathroom renovated. And when we were in the plumbing store, uh, there was a, a type of uh, bath faucets that we were looking at. And, and it was going to cost marginally more to get the nickel mm-hmm. uh, finish over the chrome finish. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, Carol Ann, you know, we have to get the nickel finish because because that's what's in. And, and, and the guy at the plumbing store said, well, you know, and I'm thinking I know because I'm in real estate, for crying out loud. But the guy says, you know, actually, he said, the chrome is what's in right now again. And, and even though we're charging a bit more for the nickel, that's not what people are getting anymore. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay. And, and now... Since then, you're saying even the brass is coming back. So, yeah, how do you keep up? But also, you're talking about these very vivid colors. Do you do you necessarily want to keep up? Because if right now I'm in I'm in my early fifties. If I do something to my kitchen right now and I go a little bit out there with what's trending today, and as we get older, we we tend maybe not to change things up as much because we get very practical and we say eh, it works you know why would i change that mm-hmm. and so but do you really want to be stuck with something that had its day you know it has its measured day what do you think about that it's a great question um i can't help but think about do you remember when like there was this phase in in renovations where people were using blue bathtubs and blue toilets or green. I still see the odd one. Okay, right? Yeah. So it's funny. You as an agent can walk into that house and you can time date that bathroom based on that finish. Um, I I often say to clients, you know what? you got to decide on whether you want somebody to come into your house in 10 years from now and say, oh, that kitchen was done in 2016 because it was all about the trends then. Mm -hmm. And if you're a trendy person, do you keep up? Are you going to change this out again in 10 years to be on the new trend? And if the answer is no, then we try to really focus on how do we keep you on trend, but again, allow you to make minor changes like changing out your hardware from a brass back to a brushed nickel in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So how do we keep some of the more foundation expensive pieces a little bit more neutral and right. actually take some risks with some of the color palettes around it? You can change a backsplash in 10 years for $1,400, $1,500. You can't change stone in 10 years for fourteen or 1500 Depending yeah. on the size of the kitchen, that could be a six to 10000 or even more type of investment. So really think about what your signature pieces are that are really timeless, and then think about what are some of the minor changes that you can make around them in order to stay on trend. And this would all go back uh, right back to the initial planning phase, exactly. wouldn't it? Exactly. So it's not even all starts in planning. Yeah, not just planning for today, but planning for tomorrow's mm-hmm, kitchen, mm-hmm. where you get an, a new kitchen without getting a full new kitchen. Exactly. Possibly. Exactly. I mean, that's an option. Yeah. Yeah, that's... What's your favorite part of this business, Bethany? Oh, it's definitely my clients. Um, I I just love people in general. Um, I'm not going to say it's always easy because it's definitely not um, like any other company in the world. There's been some very difficult interactions, but 99% of what we do is all about 
is all about our customers. And we are so lucky. Um, we have a very intimate team. Um, we work very, very closely. Our clients see that. They throw us parties when we're done. Like mm-hmm. I, we've had four or five clients now who have like literally thrown a party for all of our trades, electricians, plumbers, our installation teams, designers. And it's like there's now 30 of us that are coming back together and enjoying some work that we've done. And um, I just I just love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. So you, you talk about your team. You talk about your your skill trades, your contractors. What happens if I, I come to you, Bethany, and, and I, I see, I love your design, uh, the finishes, everything about it, and I say, Bethany, you know what? I have my go-to people for this and this. I, I really want to use them. How would that go over? That goes over great. I think that the biggest question we ask our customers is, who's your project manager? Are we managing your project and therefore managing those trades? Or do you really want to own this? That role and responsibility is very important to be able to set up up front. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we do just do design and custom cabinetry. We don't necessarily always manage the renovation. But however, our client needs us to partner with those trades. We do. I'm leaving here today. I'm going to meet an electrician on a client site to walk through the entire design and make sure all the electrical components, outlets, lighting, pendants, chandeliers go exactly where we've planned. That's not the electrician that we usually use, but we don't partner with them any differently than we do our other partners. This is all about our clients and product, and that's what we're focusing on. And and I would imagine, I would imagine you could avoid a number of potential issues if if someone did take you on as the general contractor of that project since you've designed it from the get-go i mean even if you use your own trades but to have you overseeing it i can see that uh, things won't get lost in interpretation Mm -hmm. through that would would that be accurate well yeah it's a it's a great i mean it's a great statement right Mm -hmm. general contractors in general are there to be able to take on a lot of the burden a lot of the planning a lot of the chasing of people the fixing of issues Um, when clients are working full-time or trying to be retired full-time they may just not want to deal with all of the different components of a renovation. And project managers are basically paid to alleviate all of that burden. A client gets to interact with one person when they're happy, when they're sad, when they're concerned, when they're worried, when they're mad, whatever the case may be, they have one point of contact. And that's really the the project manager's role is to Mm -hmm. remain that single point of contact and manage everything. When clients take on projects themselves, ultimately, they are managing all of those direct resources with us helping to um, come in, in and out just on the design aspects. So easier or harder, it all depends on if clients are truly, um, when they sign up to be the project manager, they really can see it through all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. Typical timeline for uh, a kitchen rental. Mm -hmm. Um, It all depends on how extensive it is. Our lead time on our custom cabinetry is approximately eight weeks. So we typically work on a work-back plan, and we try to make it work in that eight-week process. However, sometimes we don't start demoing a kitchen until two weeks before the cabinetry is set to be delivered, simply because we're not making that many changes. We're not doing much with plumbing. And in that case, we don't really need more than a week and a half. Depends on how far we're going with the reno. Flooring, do we need new subfloors? How much plumbing is moving? How much electrical? Bulkheads coming out? That's really where it can be 
So cabinets oh. come in in eight weeks. Yep. How, how far off are we now from being done? Um, it, well, if, if, if it's a small reno, um, we could start two weeks before the cabinetry comes. And be done in two weeks. And be done in, and be done in two weeks after it arrives. Yeah. Wow. So that's not too bad. And it, but again, it's all very specific on the amount of infrastructure and work is being done prior to the cabinets arriving. And how are people eating? <laughs> how are people eating oh, and functioning okay. during this time? There are some clients who I can honestly look in the eye and say to them, like, please move out of your home. You've got four kids, two dogs. This is going to be really hard. Um, and then they, I had clients, one of our first that we engaged with, um, his wife was suffering with a, a horrible hip. They moved into their home. They lived through the entire three months of the renovation. And I can't, I don't know how they did it. Um, we did a massive renovation, bathrooms, kitchens, basements, all at one time. And they were the most lovely couple in the world. They fed the guys. They were just great. And they managed to live through it, and they loved every part of it. And they made it work. And they made it yeah. work, but all clients are different. And I think that I think that people need to know what is about to happen and just make the decision on whether I should stay or whether I should go. Mm-hmm. But we try to be as transparent up front with the amount of dust and noise and chaos. Um, when we've done our renovations, we've stayed at home, and we've just kind of camped. We've cooked pizza on the barbecue which by the way works it's great okay it's not quite like a stone pizza but almost as good perfect bethany we're we're out of time we've already done our hour uh bethany thanks so much for joining us i i think i think we're going to see more of you i hope so hear more of you in the future what's the best way for people to contact you if they'd like to know more about kitchen bath renovations give us a call um 905-372-4250 myself bethany andrew my husband and patricia we're all there to um, answer the phone and do anything you need perfect thank you very much bethany for joining us great show uh, thank you great information thanks Folks, if you have any questions or comments about today's show or pertaining to any real estate, feel free to contact me, Dale Bryant, by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. That's dale at dalebryant.ca. Or call into the radio station at 905-372-2391 and leave a message for me. Remember to find me on social media and take part in our short survey uh, today. Do it right now. Uh, do it do it later on today. That's fine, too. Don't forget to join me, Dale Bryant. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. Join us next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks.